0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pay to Peer Real Estate Show. I'm your host, William Morales. And on today's show, I have Steve Kafagi. Did I pronounce that right? I know you just told me like two seconds ago. Yeah, you did. You
1: did.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. He is the founder of Tech Vester, which helps real estate investors and busy professionals passively invest in the emerging asset class or short-term rentals, think Airbnb, and build for their lifestyle. All investors get to use the properties they invest in further creating utility and return tech Vesta's advisors include folks from air realtor.com and one of my favorites bigger pockets steve thank you so much for being on pay-to-pay Pay real estate show how are you
1: i'm good thank you for having me
0: no it's my pleasure so uh steve did you know early on that you wanted to be an entrepreneur was this something that uh you grew up with as a youngster or I fell into your lap as you got older? Did you know you're going to be maybe the next Warren Buffett of tech vester? <laughs>
1: you know, I may not have had Warren Buffett vibes back then, Still, back then. Um, but, you know, when I was younger, I was, uh, I was involved in quite a few things on the entrepreneurial side, primarily because I grew up in a very uh, kind of culturally dominated environment, right? Go to school, do very well, go, you know. Go be a doctor, you'll be a lawyer, you yeah. know, for, first generation American um, type stuff. And I found myself doing everything from starting, I started a sports camp for, you know, uh, disadvantaged kids when I was younger, uh, when I was in college. That was a, and I actually sold that business uh, two months in for about 50 grand. And I was like, wow, nice. <laughs> right? Like start something and, you know, you know, and it actually had a mission behind it, right? Um, but one of the things when I really kind of realized was I started flipping cars. Right. I would buy them off of Craigslist with okay. money that I had. I would drive them for a while. Right. Like the utility part, right? Like it had, a, it had a use beyond just the investment. Um, you know, fix it up if needed. And then I would flip the car after, you know, whether it was a month of three or five or six, um, <laughs> and make money. And for me, it was a great way to you know, get into something I really cared about, gave me a, a car to drive that I really liked to drive, test out new cars that I wanted to drive, um, and then also make money on it, right? And at the time, you know, flipping a car for a couple grand, you know, when you're 17, 18 is, is not uh, a, a small amount of money, right? It's, it's, a, it's a generally a big deal. Yeah. Um. You know, you don't have a lot of expenses at that time in your life, typically.
0: That's cool. So when did you realize after that, that you were unemployable?
1: You know, I actually had a number of jobs up until probably 2019. I mean, I most recently worked at Facebook for five years. Right. And what I realized actually, it didn't for me, it actually hit me a lot later in life. I think I've always known and wanted to be an entrepreneur. Sure. Um, and I always had that mentality. But when I joined Facebook, I had an opportunity to build a lot of things from scratch, right? It was 2015, 2016, and there wasn't a lot of things built, yeah. right? And so for when I joined it, it felt like I was an entrepreneur at the time, right? You had a lot of autonomy, was a lot of creation. We were building teams from scratch. We built our teams from, I think we were 82 to over 1100 after I left. And, you know, a lot of that, there was no structure to do that. They was, you had to create it, right? Um, I think by the time that I left and, you know, obviously the time that I obviously get the financial freedom that I got with the real estate. I shortly learned that structure, right, someone kind of generally sharing and telling me what to do and how to do it in what order really removed all the fun from getting up in the morning and doing anything that you wanted. Facebook, great place to work, nothing against it. Um, But for me, I like to create, right, and creating involves the ideation and the cultivating and everything that kind of comes with it. So actually hit me much later in life, like in reality. But I also think selfishly, I had the financial freedom to think more clearly that entrepreneurship was more of an avenue, right? I was out of college, Facebook tech salaries, right? And, and, and all that, right? Like you're, it's hard to let go of what we call those golden handcuffs in the industry. Um, and so through real estate, eventually I was like, you know what, I'm making more money from real estate than I am from, from working in tech and it's more fun and I get to have more time, freedom, spend more time with my family. I also, I lost my dad um and i had a son in the same year yeah Yeah, well that was actually the biggest moment that i'm like what am i doing you know it's really just about time right if it's not about money then it's about time right and to me that was the moment that triggered i want to spend time with my son right my dad had growing up three he had three jobs to support us um and i resented him for a long time when i was younger because i didn't know any better and then i and then i was an adult and i was him i was working all the time and then I was like, I don't need to be working all this, right? I, I can go focus on real estate and have more time and freedom for my family. And so for me, that was actually my trigger that I was like, I cannot be told when to be working.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely get it. So once you made a decision to get into real estate and we'll touch base on that on the next uh, question. Um, did you get the support that you needed Were anybody like in your family saying no no stay with facebook you got a great career uh you know uh, going out on your own is tough did you get any uh type of did you get the support that you needed or was there what they call it pushback and no 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 don't yeah. do it yeah
1: you know i think for for me i got a lot of pushback because again in my family where the culture of where you work what you drive is a thing, you know, I'm, I'm Egyptian, right? So Middle Eastern culture tends to be, you know, if you don't drive a Mercedes, if you're not a doctor, if you don't go to like a top tier school, right? And like my mom, right, she, she grew up in Egypt. And those are the types of things she's accustomed to. And, you know, she would brag to her friends, my son works at Facebook, right? It's a thing in these types of cultures. And yeah. for me, I'm like, I can care less, right? where I, <laughs> work. I'm like, am, I am I happy where I'm at. Yeah. Um, but for me, the biggest support. So I got a lot of pushback on that side, right? Um, but the biggest supporter until this day, undoubtedly, which allows me to succeed in every possible way that I am today, is my wife. Mm. Right. You know, no doubt about it. Um, you know, she is an incredible mother to one and another one on the way here in a couple of months without her and her support and everything that she takes off my shoulders right. uh, there's no chance that we have the success that we have right it's, it's a team effort she has the hardest job by far um and you know i have the easy job right so you yeah, know i have to make sure that i support her more so
0: in fact Right, no, no, I get it. So, so you got into real estate then just recently. You know, uh, can you talk about your first deal and how did you progress after that to uh, short-term rentals? Which we will touch base on that. But um, what was that impetus for you to get into real estate? What was it that you saw uh, for you that gave you that, uh, uh, I guess, that light bulb moment?
1: Yeah, I was I was privileged enough. When i was at facebook i had a friend of mine and his family they were at lose their house they had lost their job mm-hmm. and i was like you know i'm saving like 95 of my income working at facebook living like near on campus with like three other roommates so you know like facebook gives you everything food everything so i'm like i don't know what to do with this money right like i've never been in this position and i was like look i'll buy your house and you can rent it back Right. And if you're ever in a position that you want to, you know, buy it back, then let's do that. Right. Whatever the market value is. Right. And so we went, we started going down that route. And I then actually met a mentor of mine, the very first mentor of mine through that journey. Um, and you know, he introduced me to this like world of private equity real estate, right? right. How things work and how to find deals and what to look for and, and kind of go down that route. So to be quite honest, I was in a privileged position and learned from somebody else that this world existed. Um, Now, when I entered the world of real estate, um, I was very shocked at how dinosaur it was coming from this environment of technology at all times, right? I can imagine,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: to me, me, that was the light bulb moment. I'm like, wow, creating.
0: (laughs) So what was it that you saw that was the dinosaur compared to Facebook? Like, can you give us like one or two examples if you could? (sighs) (laughs)
1: how slow everything moves. I mean, like the fact that- Well, that's true. You're right about that. Everything. I mean, I questioned the logic behind everything, right? Like everything from why did you need an agent to do this, like to why this document took forever, to why something recording had to be done in certain types of ways, right? To how deals and like most private equity firms, even till this day, You know, have humans who source deals and brokers and stuff like that, and for us, and I know what we're going to get into it here in a second, but like we built our own software engine that allows us to underwrite and source 60,000 opportunities a month and 94% of them suck. Right so i'm like how can a human do all that work they can't right, so we question the status quo and, for me, that was. Like seeing all the hard work that was going into it, I'm like, but you can just, you can apply software to it. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe software fixes and can do everything in real estate. I think I learned mm-hmm. that the hard way, right? Early on in my career. But what I did learn is that there's a lot of process in the real estate world that I think can be guided with a lot of technology. And I think that's where we we have a unique advantage.
0: So uh, how long ago did you start Tech TechVestor? And, and what did you see... Uh, you just said it, but um, obviously, how slow the process is with paperwork, and and like I said, do you need a relative for this? Can you just talk to the owner whatever it may be? But what did you see in the marketplace at that time what, what, when it was you started TechVestor? How it was long ago?
1: Twenty. We started working on it right around the pandemic, around twenty twenty, which was okay. the initial idea. And at the time, Sabrina and I were, you know, really thinking about. Um, actually, I take that back, we started thinking about the idea in 2020, but really didn't take it off the ground until 2021. Okay. And it really we were we were trying to start our own short term rentals, right. So back in 2020, like, the market just, you know, and everything dumped, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were we were already working remotely before the world was like, you have to go remote, right? Because we were in tech, it was more custom to work remotely. And so we were like, well, let's buy a couple short-term rentals, right? So we we can go anywhere we want and work from wherever we want to work. The process of doing it was just absolutely chaotic. Finding it, sourcing it, designing it, furnishing it, running it, operating it, finding it, was hard, right? right? And so we were like, there has to be a better way. So we actually built our first iteration of our software to find the best deals. We were building it for ourselves. We were trying to serve our own needs right at the time. Um, And then what we realized is people also wanted this product right this software product but then they didn't actually want to use the software what they wanted was they wanted someone to do it for them right mm-hmm. so they wanted to manage service so we we built a software product but almost didn't go down the software path at, at first because people were like hey great you built the software fantastic still i don't want to use it right just use it and help me find an airbnb right or short-term rental that i can use for myself my family and rent out at a time right and so we got into that route and that's really when we started kind of exploring it and then we didn't officially launch anything actually until q4 of 2021 oh, um, when we came awesome. out of stealth right um and you know we kind of went viral on the discord and raised our largest amount of money in november of last year um, oh, nice. and we okay. we were like there's market fit right there's product yeah. market fit here
0: yeah. I mean, I would say you saw a need. Um, so any mistakes that you guys made early on with the software with tech that you, you know, maybe you didn't see, or you got feedback that wasn't as positive as you hope it would be. And how did you change that, uh, to make it more, I guess, user-friendly, more tech friendly, you know, for guys that, you know, might be older. They're like, Hey, what, what the hell is this? This is a computer. What is that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, we, Our first thing, our first and biggest mistake actually wasn't software related. It was human related, right? So I come from a background of hiring thousands of people, right? Facebook. And I always knew like humans are the most important part of team, right? Regardless of what product you have, it's the humans that drive it. Right. But we assumed that we could just rely on all the big or small players in the industry and be like, you know what? They'll do this. We're going to outsource everything. That was our biggest mistake because we thought we could outsource everything. And did we not painfully learn that no one gave a shit about our own properties as much as we did? Right. And so for us and from having a fiduciary duty to our investors, we were like, well, we need to build it. We need to build this infrastructure that doesn't exist. So, you know, in Q4 of last year, we started building this infrastructure, everything from property management, everything from technology, everything from our revenue management team. How do we set up a property 3000 miles away without being there? Right, we set up geographical teams, right, so we could actually do that. And you know what we realized is by owning the entire infrastructure, we were we were you know no no one could overcome that. No one no one's done that so far in this industry. Now, don't get me wrong, our our model is not incredibly scalable. We can't go from zero to ten thousand doors in a year.
0: Right, right?
1: this is not going to happen. But we can grow a few hundred doors a year and sustainably grow that at scale and profitable, which in this industry is all about profitability. So that really, for us, is we we realized we have to bring everything in house and build from scratch. Which you know, the right. entrepreneur bug in me was like, "This is going to be fun."
0: Yeah, no, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, and I was looking at the software and I'm like, "Jesus, this!" I mean, you guys pretty much. Uh, I'm not gonna say corner of the market, but let's say you know you guys. You know, maybe this could be the Facebook of real estate, you know, making it easier for you. Know, hey, you never know. So I wanted to touch base on investing outside of your market, right? I did that the first time when I invested in Pittsburgh and I never went there. Uh, I had a realtor that was great enough to do everything for me. So how would this software help someone? Like you just said that you could invest 3000 amount. You're in California. I'm in New York, but you find something in New York that you like multifamily. How would that process work? You would need, a uh, uh People on the ground to help you, or you know, if you could give us a couple of steps, how yeah. would that work? And then we'll get into short-term rentals.
1: So the biggest thing for us was we were spending so much time trying to find opportunities right now. In our case, you know, we were trying to buy 50 properties, right? Not one. So our first or our first challenge was like how do we identify the best possible properties instead of wasting time on the shit that sucks right <laughs> and you know and what we realized when we actually ran all the numbers is 94 95% of the time we underwrote a property it sucks mm. right so a lot of our time and energy was going there so we built software to basically automate the underwriting process right taking publicly available data right combining it with our own, our own algorithms to basically spit out right a thesis or a projection of a property based on the data that we could find and the comps that support that data, right? The confidence level of that data. So that was the first thing. And then the second thing is we had to build geographical teams, right? To actually support the markets. Like today we are in uh, nine States, right? And how do we build and grow in all these different markets, right? Sure. We have to, we, we built research teams, right? We actually took a, um, a, you know, a playbook out of a tech company where they have research teams. We built research teams that allow us to actually find local resources. Everything in these markets are hyper-local, right? Down to how everything is done. The contractors, sure. plumbing, contracting, everything down to a T, right? And then we had to find people we could trust. And look, we've blown through GCs, right? We've blown through contractors that have sucked. We've blown through agents that have sucked. But then when we find one that's really good, we really want to make sure we can really retain them. Okay. So, um, giving them enough work has been a big thing. That's a huge advantage for us as our economies of scale, right? Like when when we enter a new market, we're looking to buy three, four, five, six, seven at a time, right? And for us, that's a general contractor's, you know, ears start perking up, right? They're like, right, this is great consistent work. Um, we actually have geographical teams, and we have a full-fledged in-house operational team that flies to every single market, sets up that market. We can stand up a new market in about two weeks. We interview local resources, we talk to everyone on the ground, we get to know where we're investing, we make sure that that area and, and everything in terms of an infrastructure is ready to go and set up. But don't get me wrong, everything comes at a cost. And I'm not sure. talking about financial, I'm talking about time, right? This is not the most infinitely scalable thing, and we we are, you know we operate from a perspective of running a fund. Right. And so for us, our investors invest with us passively. And therefore, we have this capital. So we do all this work with this capital that we have. So we have capital to actually execute this model at scale. Right. When you're just starting out, right? You know, I think it's incredibly difficult to scale to several different markets, especially in short-term rental space, because yeah. you got to build out these resources. Right. And, and for us, it's a, yeah. a, it's a unique advantage for us because 95% of our competition are mom and pops. It's the one and two property owners. And for us, we're coming in and saying, hey, we have these advantages from a tech capital stack perspective, as well as an operational perspective. Therefore, we believe we can perform, outperform the market, which so far our data shows that we are.
0: Yeah. So we talked with uh, Steve Kafagi from TechVestor. Um, So what are short-term rentals? I mean, I know what they are, but maybe for some of my audience might not know. Um, Can you explain a little bit of what short-term rentals are? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so uh, let's say you want to visit somewhere, right, and you pick, pick your city of choice, and you you have an option typically of staying with someone you know at a hotel um, or with at an Airbnb, as many people know them in the industry. Yeah. A short-term rental really is a place that you're expecting to stay typically for less than 30 days, and you're going to rent it out usually um, either by the room or by the whole entire house or unit, right, yeah. and so... Um, the biggest platform obviously that made this most popular is Airbnb, you know, in the most recent decade, but they've been around for a long time, right? Timeshares back in the day. I'm sure we all have stories about being dragged along to those things where they promise you a three night stay in Vegas, right, for showing up um, and give you cookies and, and milk there. Um, but you know, short-term rentals are um They're a lot more popular these days because you get the a lot more amenities. You get the local experience. They are huge internationally, right? In places like Europe, Um, and in the U.S., um, you know, I think most people prefer staying in an Airbnb when you look at the data because you get things like a kitchen, you get more space, you get an you get an outside pool if you're if you're staying at a place with a pool. You if you have kids, game changer, right? And if you're traveling in a group of six or more. It's economically more feasible almost always to stay at an Airbnb versus a hotel where you're in three different rooms, right?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree there. So what was the, uh, and did you see more of a return or ROI return when you focused on short-term rentals than let's say regular rentals? Did you see a, a higher ROI?
1: undoubtedly right you know i think we're i think we were very we were we got in the game so early that we were seeing things like 35 percent cash on cash right, right? And, and so like the numbers are like absolutely blowing anything we've ever seen out of the water now ne- never would i advertise or share an expectation of an investor to expect the 35 cash on cash But I think for us, what we look for is we're looking for double digit yield on an annual basis. Right. And we're looking for utility. So great thing for us. And really, the the return is made of a couple of things. It's the capital right, which we target double digit cash on cash, 10, 12, 15 percent cash on cash per year. But we also look at the utility. The fact that you can, you know, if you're an owner of an Airbnb or a short term rental, you can use this property. You can take your family there. Someone in your family or friends can go use it. It'll return you know, better than the average cash flow, right? Appreciate arguably the same rate or higher. And my favorite part is there's a lot more tax benefits you can take in the STR world if you're an active real estate owner. Mm-hmm. And If you're not, certainly consider investing in a syndication Right. Which is what we are. Right. We are a fund and a lot of our investors invest because they don't have the time, energy or know how or money to do with this at scale. Therefore, they invest with us, get that beautiful cash flow. They get the same tax benefits that they would be getting if it's themselves. Right. Uh, and of course, the returns are there as well. And the utility, all of our investors get to use these properties as if they were their own. Right. right? Which is great because they're like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go to Memphis for a week. And you're like, cool, I already actually own property here through my investment here. Right. And so that's really an awesome win for our, for our community.
0: So do you, so with the fund that you guys have, are you buying properties yourself and then fixing them to do short-term rentals or do, let's say a homeowner, uh, sees you, you know, on this show or just heard about you. And they say, you know what, I want to rent out my place. I'm going to be gone, you know, a business trip for about three weeks. Would they contact you? How, how, how does that, that process work?
1: Yep. So everything that we do is we own the asset, right? So uh, we run we run a fund where we we raise the equity, and we use that equity to purchase these properties. Uh we renovate them extensively, typically building in additional equity and then we run and operate them as top performing, well designed properties. Um and a huge thing that we take a big approach on here is design, design and functionality, right? We're we're purpose building, purpose renovating, purpose designing for the STR specific of an asset class, right? So when you show up, you want to feel, you want what, you want to smell, what you see. Um, Airbnb is very much like Google, right? It's just it's search. So how do you hack that algorithm so that people pick your place more than they pick, you know, pick place number two? Mm-hmm. So um, absolutely, we're we're scaling that infrastructure out
0: as well. Okay, no. that's see, that's the thing. You know, you have the fund, and then now you could at least purchase where you want to be at. What state? Uh, what might have you? Um, if somebody wanted to get started investing in short-term rental as a passive investor, um, are you looking for more uh, people that are um, what's the word? A credit investor or someone new that's starting out? It's not accredited, but they see that there's a potential to build up at least their, you know, uh, savings chest.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So we do primarily work with accredited investors, but we do have okay. options for both, right? So to invest in our fund directly with us, right, you do need to be an accredited investor um, or have there obviously a pre-existing relationship with us in some capacity. Now, for those who are non-accredited, and this came out of demand uh, primarily from our existing investor base, is we can help you set up your own Airbnb outside of the fund, right? We use our existing infrastructure, our existing software, we're selling a piece of real estate, right? It's not a syndication, it's not a fund, it's your property, you take up the debt and we help you set it up and we can help you manage it as well, right? We educate you through that process and through our data, we know what to buy where to buy it how to operate it so a lot of our investors that come to us and say hey i want my own airbnb it's a, it's a high minimum right we work with people who typically have a quarter million dollars in cash or more mm-hmm. right to invest in short-term rentals because you know there's renovation there's furnishing it's higher cash on cash it's a little bit more mm-hmm. work to do that and for those types of investors we're able to offer them you know properties that meet their specific you know demands whether it's in a specific location return profile risk profile leveraged by our data and our operational infrastructure
0: That's great wow I mean you're definitely giving the an an investor definitely a unique passive investment vehicle. (laughs) You know, especially for those guys that just you know, maybe they might be doctors lawyers where they don't have the time so what's next for you and 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 tech Vesta, what are you guys are looking to do in the next three to six months. Yeah, What's you know, the crystal we're, ball?
1: <laughs> we're, we're, we're our first fund will wrap up by the end of this year. Um, mm. So, you know, for us, we're really in that operational and stabilization period. So we'll wrap up our next phase of acquisition here and start to stabilize our entire portfolio. Uh, we'll also begin to start the process for fund two, which will launch either late in Q4 or early Q1 of next year. Okay. And our idea is to basically start a new fund each year for a new portfolio. Uh, that our investors can kind of continue growing with right over the years and have this nice stagnated exits over time right <clears throat> and so that's the first part I think the the more important part internally for us is really to kind of continue our team building and our team growth one thing really unique about us is every single one person on our team is an Airbnb super host and operator in their own right uh-huh, nice. so having that operational kind of talent and The people on our team are incredibly important and we're incredibly blessed to have that type of uh, human infrastructure that we want to continue developing.
0: Yeah, no, no, I I definitely understand that. First of all, Steve, I want to thank you so much for being on Peer to Peer Real Estate Show. I really appreciate it. You taking time out of your busy schedule. And before I let you go, just a couple more questions. What keeps you motivated? I already could tell, (laughs) but but for my audience that are, are going to see this a little later, what keeps you motivated?
1: My son, uh, you know, uh, I know that's I know that's a very uh, gushy answer, and maybe no, no, but that's a good answer. And, that's a real
0: answer. <laughs> you know,
1: it's uh, you know, for me growing up, you know, we were a small family, and you know, being the having the privilege of being a dad, um, and being a young dad at that, uh, it's incredible, right? Everything that we're doing, my wife and I, and um, we're building for him, and, and you know, his brother that's coming here in a few months, and mm. um, everything that we're able to do, and um, just being able to give back and have more time with him is something that i never had Um, and it's something that i want to make sure he has the opportunity to do for for his future right and give him choice I think him having a choice what to do with his future is the most powerful thing a parent can give to someone.
0: No, I definitely understand that. And any books you would like to recommend? I mean, you know, see, if you have a book in you, if you haven't wrote one already, I looked at your <laughs> website and bio, I didn't see uh, books by Seif yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, may, may, maybe
1: on the timeline uh, in the future, but one of my favorite books is Who Not How by uh, Dan Sullivan. Uh, the main reason that book, you know, really gets me every single time is it really accentuates the importance of humans in your business Mm. right and i think real estate is a human-driven business yeah powered by technology in our case but at the end of the day our team is what makes us incredibly strong and unique right right? any any we can we can get competitors in any possible way from any different side of the the fence and i'm like we have the best team to actually tackle this problem right and what's great about that and why our investors trust us is if they problem arises which problems always arise in any investment i mean let's call a spade a spade right we actually know how to navigate it and i think that's the most powerful part of private equity is the operator themselves do they know how to navigate things when things go down and things get tough because when things are going great it's real easy yeah exactly (laughs) right but how do you navigate things when things don't go as planned which like we all know it never goes perfectly as planned
0: yeah, no, I, I again, I could imagine, I mean, here you're talking about, you know, where outsourcing sucked <laughs> for you early yeah. on, you know, uh, it's t- the time cost because, you know, you're putting in a lot of time, and all that, then we're talking about, uh, you know, the fund that you're looking to not maybe do a second fund, either late this year, early next year. So you, I mean, your time is spread out pretty much in a lot of different places. But I think once you have this up and running and for another two, three, four more years, it's, it's possible um, that you'll have more time for the family, which you will, I mean, it's it's just a matter of getting the word on and everything. So um, I, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, any advice for new investors that are looking to get into the fund? Let's say someone has the money, they're accredited, but they never have done a real estate investment. Um, any new advice for, you know, for people like that?
1: Yeah, you know, my my biggest thing is like educate yourself, right? I think that's that's the biggest opportunity for us and something that we see is we're in a such a unique, you know, niche of an asset class. Um, you know, when people see that there's this opportunity to invest in in short-term rentals and passive way, they've never really seen it before. It doesn't yeah. really exist. So a lot of what we spend our time on is educating you as an investor. In fact, we have an incredible uh, data room that has everything with like, STR history, how taxes work, everything in the state of which you can spend probably like six hours on, right? Yeah. And we, we overwhelm you on purpose. So I would advise any new investor, whatever asset class you're curious about, whether it's short-term rentals, multifamily, commercial, first of all, hop into it. The best education is by doing it, Yeah. Right? yeah. I remember my first deal in short-term rentals, I lost a lot of money. And people are like, well, why'd you keep going? And I was like, it was the best education I ever had. Right. It's true. It's it. when
0: you fail, I mean, I hate to use the word failure, but when you make a mistake, yep. you 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 know, you're supposed to learn from it. So yeah. which you know, obviously you did. That's great. Yep. I'm going to say the, right the, the mistake part, but you know that you did recover. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, you know, it, it's not even
1: about the recovery. It's about the journey of that failure, right? It's like, yeah. it's like being able to reflect back, and be like, wow, what could I have done differently? And then yeah. that's the moment where you get infinitely better, right? Because you don't make that mistake again, right? I agree. And we will continue to make mistakes, right? There'll be mistakes when we're managing 250 properties that we'll make that we don't know yet, right? Because we've never right. been there, right? But
0: how do we now? All trial and error. Yeah. Exactly. And we'll get there. Yeah, of course. And if somebody wanted to find you, what's the best way?
1: You can check out techvester.com and request a call with anyone on our team. Uh, Sabrina and I have some information on there. We have a couple of brands in the industry, uh, Superhost Labs. You can find us on places like TikTok and Instagram, um, YouTube as well. Um, So all those channels are great. Or reach out to me uh, via email. It's just my first name, seaf at techvester.com.
0: No, sounds good. We'll see. First of all, thank you so much for being on pay to pay real estate show. I really, really appreciate
1: it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, William. And uh, it's been great. Thanks for uh, inviting us.
0: Oh, no, no, definitely my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, everyone, that was Seif Kafaji and you can find him at techvestor.com. That's TechVestor.com. Steve, thank you so much for being on Peter to p Real Estate Show. Really appreciate it. You can find me at Real That's p That's peer That's number 2 prealestatecom Check out our bat, our past shows and our blog. Also, when you get a chance, please go to Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe. Leave a review. Tell us how we can make this show better. And before I go, guys, just a couple more things. Do not give up on your dreams. Fight for it. Protect it. Guard it. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. And I really believe if you keep the momentum going, good things will happen. On behalf of Peer to Peer Real Estate Show, I'm William Morales. Until next time, thanks, everybody. Have a great day, and please stay safe.